Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Kamak. Hello, theorists. So today, we're going to be talking about custom commanders. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we put out a request for designs for commanders that uh, support mechanics that haven't really gotten a commander previously. So this is a lot of new design space, a lot of potentially bringing new cards into the format, making them viable. So we think this will be a lot of fun. We're going to go through um, and we'll try to cluster these by the, the submitter. And I think it's going to be very interesting. We got some very cool designs to talk about today. Yeah, and, and like all of these episodes, if you are a Wizards employee, please uh, turn this off. Because oh, yeah. I would I would like these to someday see the light of day, some of them. So, <laughs> so um, this is not an episode for you. I'm sorry. Uh, but also thank you for listening if you do work at Wizards. Because um, mm-hmm. that's great. All right. Uh, but before we jump into the cards, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. Let's jump into the first commander. This comes to us from Smash Up Savant. It's Tonbo Journal Thief. One blue, black, red for a 1-3 legendary creature, Elf Wizard Rogue. Whenever you cast an arcane spell from your hand, it gains Cypher. And uh, for those who aren't familiar with Cypher, a mechanic that was on the Demir cards in the second Ravnica block, but it's typically on instants and sorceries, after basically after a card has its effects then you can exile it encoded onto a creature you control yeah whenever that creature deals combat damage to a player then its controller can cast a copy of the encoded card without paying its mana cost yeah it's, so, it's really funny wording that they haven't really looked back at oh yeah God. really goofy um it, it just lets you reuse a spell once per combat so kind of turns it almost turns spells into like triggered enchantments a little bit Mm -hmm. and i think uh so i I actually do really like this card because what it does is it takes a subset of cards which is something that we like and uh makes them actually playable you know i Mm -hmm. i there are some commanders where arcane spells are pretty good like um i think people who dive deep into feather have found that like the arcane spells are like pretty rad like thousand talent strike turns most of your arcane spells into buyback spells with feather out which is like pretty fun actually that's pretty fun gameplay but having something like this where you can get more than one hit out of an arcane spell um it means that you can actually like focus a game plan around it and Mm -hmm. uh do some really goofy things so like for instance aura barbs is this old arcane spell it's three mana instant deals two damage uh each enchantment deals two damage to its controller then each enchantment enchanting a creature deals two damage to the creature it's enchanting it's a lot of words there but basically like this is not very good <laughs> like if you do it once but if you can aura barbs hit with a little flyer aura barbs again and then maybe consistently do it multiple turns uh then it becomes like actually good then you actually are like you don't need to hit the group hug player you can just hit whoever's open (laughs) and the group hug player 
has to suffer for their uh, pillow fort. So there's there's a bunch of spells like this too that are, are really cool and I think really interesting for this deck. Yeah, and there's also sort of like just more generically useful effect like Hirobi's Whisper, uh, three mana instant arcane. If you control a swamp, destroy target non-black creature. Um, I, and... I have nowhere is really good. It's just return target permanent to its owner's hand. You know, the sorcery. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, there, there. I think there's a lot of cool utility here. And then you're also playing arcane, so you can splice <laughs> onto your ciphers, which is really cool. Yeah, and I like that there are a couple cards that sort of help you set up more arcane cards, like. For example, Eerie Procession is two and a blue for a sorcery arcane. Search your library for an arcane card, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle. So that'll help you set up your your more powerful arcane cards. There's also Peer Through Depths, one and a blue for an instant arcane. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal an instant or sorcery card from among them, put it in your hand, put the rest on the bottom of your in any order. So that's another one that like will help you dig for the better arcane cards. So even though there's only like what uh 65 mm-hmm. arcane cards in this color identity there are ways to like make the good ones uh or, or help you mm-hmm. consistently find the good ones yeah and I, I think this deck like if you look at it uh well actually before that i want to mention like one of my favorite things that i don't really play much anymore i played it more when the format started so like i don't know 12 years ago or something like that and it's an arcane spell it's called choice of damnations just to bring it to people's attention because it's the kind of funny card that I think people like. But it's a six mana sorcery, five and a black. Target opponent chooses a number and then you may have that player lose that much life. If they don't, they sacrifice all but that many permanents. Um, Very difficult to parse, um, but like super fun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, There are certain board states where you look at them and you go, ah, yes, choice of damnation is you. And then they have to figure out what to pick because if they pick like two well then they sack down to two permanents um but if they pick like nine you go oh okay we'll just take nine and normally that's not very good in commander right like you're like okay well i spent six to deal nine that's not the worst maybe i don't know but when it's ciphered onto something all of a sudden this is like a problem I mean, you're, <laughs> yeah you're casting it for free yeah and of course like being in a red color identity is really crucial here because you get access to extra combat step effects. Mm-hmm. So you Double can strike. get, yeah, you can get mm-hmm. these ciphers more than once per turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that, and that was the, the next thing I was going to say is like, uh, what creatures you're putting these on to is like, uh, pretty cool. I think there, a lot of the deck is going to be focused on the arcane spells, but you're going to also have like cool little donks. Maybe they give you value. Um, maybe they're just evasive flyers or something like that. Um, so I think the makeup of this deck would look pretty cool and it would actually be pretty interesting. You get to play with all these like really weird <laughs> old Kamigawa cards. All right. Well, I, you want to move on to the next one? Yeah. And so this, this next one I really want to bring up mostly because, um, so we'll, we'll talk about it let me read them off and then I'll, I'll say my little thing. Um, so this is Sassori Manticore Rider. They are a four, four human samurai for five mana, two white red green so they're in the naya color identity and they have at the beginning of each combat choose two abilities from among bushido 2 flanking provoke and afflict three creatures you control gain the chosen abilities until end of turn 
Um, so my little spiel on this is I, I kind of really wanted to talk about this one because I am convinced that we're, we're going to see something like this in a modern horizon set at some point, like maybe not this color identity, maybe not these abilities, but like definitely this is the kind of goofy design that they've been really pushing the last like modern horizons two is like had some really goofy like Garth the One-Eyed, like some really mm-hmm. interesting push design. So I, I would not doubt it if we saw a Sasori like in Modern Horizons 3 whenever that comes out, like next year or something like that. Yeah, I, I think this is really neat, like, because there's so many combat abilities that just aren't relevant in Commander. Like, you know, there there isn't a whole lot of blocking going on. Um, So like, you know, Bushido, Flanking, Afflict, or are kind of just blanks a lot of the time. Um, I wish that there was a way to to make them trigger other than provoke. Um, just because, yeah. like, <laughs> the fact that provoke untaps things is just, like, oh, so brutal. Like, your opponents don't really have a way out of getting their creatures slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Like... The, the way they might normally, if they have like mana dorks, they can just tap them or, or whatever they can attack. Um, but it just seems like with Sasori out, you're just going to butcher all of your opponent's creatures all the time. Mm-hmm. So, that's, so that's my one criticism of the card, too. I think like one of the, the coolest part about Provoke is also the reason that it kind of sucks sometimes is that it's like as soon as you put it on a good creature, it's like too good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And if you put it on all of your creatures, it's like a little bit too much. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like solving the problem of how do you get removal into a set that's only creatures. Mm-hmm. But like in broader magic, uh, yeah, if you apply it too widely, it's just so painful. So maybe this could, um, maybe you could cut the provoke and just make it like creatures your opponents control block each turn if able some kind of static ability mm-hmm. um, yeah i was thinking that too or, or like just a another commander that's like creatures attack each turn if able something like that yeah i mean i definitely like the idea of like you will get to see all these random combat abilities trigger because you're going to be able to you are forcing your opponents to block mm-hmm I also um, like that Telem Tor is actually a good card in this list, which is <laughs> pretty funny. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's I, I think something like this is cool. It's fun. It's the pushing creature focus mechanics is like never really a bad thing in Commander, just because creatures are kind of naturally going to have a rougher time than other permanent types. So um, yeah, I was, I was into Sassari. I think this is cool. Do you want to move on to the next commanders? Sure. Uh, this comes to us from oh, I, it's either their talk or the R talk uh, on Tumblr. But this is Marketh Bitter Justice, two white black for a two four legendary creature human cleric. It has tap prevent the next two damage that would be dealt to any player, and then you can pay two. And if a spell or ability you control would prevent damage from a source an opponent controls, Marketh deals that much damage to that opponent. Any player may activate this ability. Uh, so I think there might be like a little... We, we might need to massage the templating on this one a little bit. Yes, but I do like what's going on here uh, with some caveats. To, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll start with that. But yeah, let's 
let's kind of talk about like the templating right now, I guess. Yeah, I think um, the way the second ability is worded, I think you need to have like the next time a spell or ability you control would prevent damage because the way it's worded now, it just sounds like you activate it and then it's online forever. Yeah. <laughs> which I don't think is the intent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. So I, um, looking at other, like, uh, what's the Archon of whatever, the, the pay X Archon of something. I just looked it up a little bit ago and then I didn't save the, t <laughs> <laughs> um, that's how it is worded too. It's like the next time you would take this damage, redirect it basically. But, uh, vengeful Archon. Vengeful, vengeful Archon. Archon. Thank you. So I, I think that's the first thing I like that this is kind of like turns the game on its head when this comes out because people can like look at this and use a new thing. I, th I think there've been commanders that have tried to push this space like Xantia, uh, like Xantia, the red black commander from mm -hmm. one of the commander sets. I can't remember which one it was, um, but it like wasn't super successful <laughs> because like what you're doing isn't actually that interesting. But this actually is interesting. Like, if I had two mana to do something like this, like, I would be more interested in doing that. Like, there's, like, a Saperling card that, like, you can pay mana to make Saperlings, but everyone can do it. Like, that's not super interesting. Like, my deck might not be super interested in doing that unless I can make, like, way more mana than you or, like, pitch cards better. Or whatever. I can't remember exactly how it worked. But, like, this is something that just happens in a game. Like, spells... And abilities do deal damage <laughs> in the course of a magic game. So, um, like, putting this down and all of a sudden, like, different cards, like, react differently, I think is interesting. But obviously you have the biggest advantage because you put the most prevention cards in your deck. But Yeah, you know. I, I don't even, I don't even know if this needs to be symmetrical. Like, I think that, um, I think that, a lot of the numbers on this card could stand to be more generous just because damage prevention has historically been so weak. Um, like, I think it could just, rather than be like an activation, um, it could probably just be a static ability. And I think it only needs to apply to you because you're, like you said, your opponents probably aren't going to be running a whole lot of damage prevention. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think, I do re really like playing in the space of how do we make damage prevention actually something we want to be doing in magic um, and in commander. So I I think this is a really neat design. I think it could just be, I think you could really push the power on this thing and it would still be totally fine. Like how good does it have to be for healing salve or whatever yeah. <laughs> to, to like be worth running in your deck? That that is actually exactly like what I was gonna say is like healing salve is a card that remains near and dear to my heart from like when I started playing. But if ever there was a deck I could play it in commander, I probably would just mm -hmm. to do it. And uh I would yeah, I would like to see this push to the point where healing solve is good. Cause even like lightning bolt isn't like an auto include in commander you know so like how do you make a deck where lightning bolt is good or how do i make a deck where healing solve is good i think that's the question this commander is like trying to answer um so i, I appreciate the attempt i think it's a cool space to look into do we want to move on to the next commander sure go for it
Um, so this next few are from Johan, and I think they were, at least one of these was in the Discord. Um, I think a few of them were from other places, maybe Twitter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but this first one was definitely a Discord card, and it is uh, Od- Odila? Odila? Let's go with Odila. Yeah, okay. So Odila, Witch of Morakrat. So this is a 1-6 legendary creature, human warlock for 4 mana, 2 black red. They have Odila, Witch of Morkrut has Afflict X, where X is the number of curses you control. And whenever you attach a non-token curse to an opponent, create a token that's a copy of that curse for each other opponent. Attach each of those copies to a different opponent. Uh, and the kicker is it has Partner. So this is a four-mana partner uh, focusing on curses. So um, I keep waffling back and forth on whether I think this is too pushed for a partner or, like, fine because it's curses. And I think I'm still on the side of it's, like, a little bit too pushed. But I do think a partner that focuses on curses is a good idea. And we can get more into that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm totally okay with this having partner. I think that, like... Putting partner on something that's hyper specific is mm, avoids a lot of the problems that partner generated. Like this isn't like, you know, a Timna where it's just free to run and gets you value. It's like I don't really want to use Odila to add colors to one of my other partners because this this thing is so specific and is never going to come up. I'd rather do something like a Vile Smasher that's just, oh, I'll get some free value. I can it's an early drop, whatever. Like, I I just don't want a four cost one six, vanilla in <laughs> yeah. in my as a random commander. So I think this is totally fine. I think this is like exactly what you want for a partner design. Yeah, and and that's the thing is like, partners are cool when they force you to focus on something. That's why the Commander Legends partners, like besides the fact that they were monocolor, like they all made you pick a lane and stick to it. So they all made you build a certain way. And none of them were as generally uh, profitable as the original execution of them, which were just these like generic value machines. Mm-hmm. So something like this that really pushes you in a direction, um, I'm I'm pretty okay with. So um, I think with that said, do you want to move on to the next uh, Johan design? Oh, I actually have a oh, I have a lot more to say about it. Oh, yeah, I felt like it. we were just getting started. Um, oh no, yeah, go for it. There's just a lot of details on this card that I really like. Um, the The fact that it has six toughness and a red color identity is really important. Like that opens you up to like not only wildfire, but like destructive force or just like uh, hour of devastation. Um, there's just a lot of like five damage board wipes that'll that this will be able to survive. Uh, I thought that like the afflict was a nice flavorful touch. Like, you know, it's, it's pretty low power. Um, like I, it doesn't really contribute much to the card's strength overall, but it just feels very flavorful for like this witch who's cursing people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like that, uh, you know, it spreads the curses around like one big problem with curse decks is like, I'm going to load a whole bunch of curses on this guy and then they scoop, and then I lose all my curses. Like the fact that it, um, you know, punishes everyone is pretty nice. So I, I, I think this is a great partner design. I, oh, I like cool. it a lot more than what we ended up getting. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I know people don't like partners, and I know that there are some there's some arguments against them, but like I don't think partners are inherently bad. I think they just designed some bad ones. You know, mm-hmm. I think that the design space is actually kind of cool as long as they do it well. And this I think is closer to like the well and the good than it is to like the bad <laughs> first ones <laughs> that we saw. So. I'm just, I'm never going to look at Thrasios and be happy. I'm just never, it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yes. Uh, so this next one is Infra the Temptress. This is two black black for a 3-3 legendary creature demon with flying and ward, sacrifice a non-token creature. And then it has, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, each opponent may copy that spell and may choose new targets for the copy they control. For each opponent who does copy that spell, you may choose new targets for the copies. So this is really interesting. It's, it sits in a, a little bit of a weird space because like, it's possible that this will do nothing. Yeah. So you have to <laughs> think really carefully about the types of cards you're running that may get your opponents to, to take a little nibble of it. Um, I don't know if this card is or if this commander is going to look very different from like a typical mono black good stuff deck. Cause I think some of the best ways to tempt your opponents are things like tutors and card draw, mm-hmm. um, just like typical good effects, but like they are more interesting and, and powerful in this deck than they would be in most. Because like if your opponent accepts the tutor and goes and gets something like you get at least two tutors and that's enough to assemble a combo Mm -hmm. and if two opponents take a bite then you can get a combo and get like a night creep which is basically a silence so you can play out your combo without worrying about your opponent's interaction there's like some mind games going on there there's some interesting things happening i also i think this might be good as um sort of like a scorched earth kind of or or like there are some effects that if you can get one opponent to like go in on it with you then you can potentially get a lot of value by wiping everyone else out like if you mm-hmm. have something that's like a nerve each opponent discards two cards uh then if one opponent will say you know what let's just have it so that nobody has any cards uh then that could put you in a really good position, like, or at least prevent your opponents from interacting with you in the future. Like if you set up a good board state and then a nerve and get one person to go in on it with you, then it's like, okay, I have solidified this good board state and barring top decks, nobody's going to be able to mess with it anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think um, the, well, actually before I get into what I think I do want to mention night creep because you brought it up. So for people who don't know this card, because it's kind of obscure. It's an instant from Dissension. It costs black, black, so two mana. Until end of turn, all creatures become black and all lands become swamps. Um, And yes, that does mean they don't make whatever colors they made before. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So uh, very funny, very cool. Um, But to continue on with what you're saying, uh, one of the things I like about this card is it forces people to figure out how the stack works. (laughs) So uh, like, let's say Siphon Mind. You cast a Siphon Mind and... You're playing a four-player game and everyone goes, you know what? 
I want to siphon mine too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you have to figure out like, okay, well, this person, like the least active players resolves first and then the next person and then the next person. And it kind of forces everyone to like shuffle their hands around um, as you eventually end up kind of on top <laughs> in, in yeah. the whole exchange. Would um, you take a free siphon mind? I, I feel like it depends on where I am in the turn order. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, that is actually exactly what I was going to say. Like, if I was playing against an infra and they cast Siphon Mind, uh, and I was sitting like right next to them, I don't. Uh, well, no, I actually would probably right because I would have pitched a bunch of cards at that point, you, and then you want like everyone else's Siphon Minds to resolve before yours. Yeah, so I guess I would do it because I'd be sitting. Yeah, I'd be sitting next to um if you're on the left hand side of the person who cast the siphon mine, then I think you're good. But if I was on the right hand side of the person, I don't think I would. Well here here's the tough part though. If you're on the left hand um uh it's tricky. Yeah. Cause you, there's because like if you're on the left hand side, you have to make your decision first before everyone else decides if they want to copy. Oh, that's true, huh? Yeah. Anyway, it's it's uh <laughs> seems like it would add a lot of mind games. Another uh, card that seems like it could be really fun in this list is like Praetor's Grasp. Um, that just seems so. That's one black black for a sorcery. Search target opponent li- opponent's library for a card and exile it face down, and then you can look at it and cast it whenever you want. Um, I think that's the type of card like would it would be really hilarious to have everyone Praetor's grasping each other. And so everyone's just got this like secret card from their opponent's deck. Um, I think that's that would just lead to some really fun games. And uh, I think Infra is a great way to spread around those types of I mean, I wouldn't call it group hug, but it's a way to spread around fun effects. So I think it's a really cool commander. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, And we have uh, another Johan design that we want to talk about. And I, I don't actually have too much to say about this because I just l- love it. Um, this is Nira Erdanath. Eerd- I should have practiced saying this before we recorded. Nira Erdanath, Archdruid. Archdruid? Wow, I'm really blowing this one. I'm going to say Archdruid. Yeah, Nira Erdanath, Archdruid. They are a 4-4 Ogre Druid for 3 mana, green, blue, red. Uh, they have two abilities. Whenever another creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield under your control, you may draw a card. And tap, add two mana in any combination of colors. If that mana is spent on a creature with power four or greater, it gains haste. Um, this is it. This is the perfect Tamur commander. This is this is all anyone playing Tamur has ever wanted. <laughs> um it's an ogre. It's a four four for three. Uh, it draws you cards when you play your big things. Um, the one thing I would change about it is that like commanders that tap for more than one mana, um, in a blue color identity. Yeah, just freed from the real, and you're you're done. You did it. So I would find some way to like limit that. Like add two mana in any combination of colors, and you may spend this only on like creature spells, creature spells, yeah, or something yeah. like that. But um. And that would still be nuts. That would still be like really cool and fun um, and kind of make you focus on what the commander really wants you to do, which is just play a donk. 
mm-hmm. keep playing big dunks. So that's my one criticism of it. But other than that, I wish this card existed. I think this would be like one of the most popular Tamer Commanders if that was true. Yeah. Or maybe you could just say like spend this mana only to cast spells because there are some mm-hmm. like fun spells you might want to do. Oh, that's I, true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's like a lot of neat ways to make four fours other than just casting four four creatures. Um, there's a couple ways to like s- semi blink your guys. Like if you have a a heli interruption, it's basically sack a bunch of creatures, make that many four fours. Um, descent of the dragons, it's destroy any number of target creatures and then replace them with four fours. There's Azuri's predation, which is uh, for each creature your opponents control, make a four four and then they fight. Um, hunting pack is make a four four with storm, rampaging baylots. There's a lot of ways to just make four fours and draw a bunch of cards, and it seems super fun. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I'm I'm super into this. Like I said, I I don't have too much to say. I just long for this to be real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's a pretty neat commander. Yeah, yeah, awesome. We've got one more design from Johan. Um, this is actually I I feel like I've seen this line of text floating around a bit um but this is professor phileas flitwick it is white blue black red green for a one one legendary creature human wizard with flash if you would choose one or more modes for a spell or ability you control you may choose an additional mode and you may choose the same mode more than once um so this is a charm commander and i think that the the flavor on this is really on point because that is of course the charms professor from mm-hmm. Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's a lot of, uh, in addition to just doing charms, there's some other neat things you can do. Like there's certainly a lot of modal spells that I like to play. Um, what are some of the other things you're, you're thinking could be fun in this commander? Um, so, I mean, the first one when I did the search is, is actually pretty crazy. It's just a braid, like a braid becoming like kill a small commander and blow up a soul ring is like, pretty nuts or like kill two soul rings or whatever happens to be at the table um that's pretty crazy i love that um entwine spells you don't have to pay the entwine cost or you can like do the same thing twice which is already pretty crazy because one of the thing about the entwine spells is that they're most of them are overcosted. um so if you were to get two of the effects or um like basically have an entwine spell where the entwine was just free of charge because of uh, professor flitwick here then that's a huge mana advantage and like a huge just advantage in general obviously the charms are really good here but uh, specifically the charms that draw cards have modes that draw cards because there's a few charms that are like draw two or draw two discard two or draw a card as like a cantrip or something like that Mm -hmm. Um, and they're all insane because if you like destroy a creature with toughness three or greater and like draw two cards and lose two life like you are so far ahead in that exchange that's like absolutely crazy and i'm I'm uh, talking about um absent charm i think it is or is that mm-hmm. mardu charm one, one of those ones the tarkir block ones um there's like a bunch of things and creatures that like just don't see play because they're not good enough so this is like uh like uh a not guide from Tarkir block, which like gets you a land, but is like a one one for t- like three mana. But like when it's a two three for three mana, like all of a sudden you have a bunch of stuff. 
like extra that's going on so it makes a lot of these like funny weird cards like actually do something or actually be a full card for commander um like the dragons from uh kamigawa neon dynasty that we just saw like having an ao like reanimate a bunch of stuff absolutely crazy um blood on the snow um destroying all creatures and all planeswalkers and getting something back is like really nuts i I could like go on and on that like choose one spells from the forgotten realms like like bouncing a permanent and like getting making something unblockable or the really good one is find a cursed idol which is like destroy target artifact destroy target enchantment create a treasure token and venture into the dungeon like doing two of those for two mana is great like that's actually a legitimately great spell so um confluences and the commands those are the last ones and i don't need to mention those because those are already pretty playable in commander but <laughs> they get even better here so that's kind of where i'm at with this guy this is just like five color play a bunch of spells that you don't normally play in commander <laughs> yeah and there's a lot of really neat cards that like aren't explicitly charms or, or confluences or mm-hmm. um, commands that just work really well here um like decisive denial uh from mm, yeah 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 the, the it's like mana leak for non-creatures or a fight spell at instant speed that's awesome it, it's also kind of funny like how the templating of certain spells can like make that like really really matters for this commander yeah <laughs> like naturalize isn't really great but return to nature which is worded like as a charm like choose one destroy target artifact destroy target enchantment or exile target from a graveyard is pretty sweet um and i remember hearing that they like at one point during design they were thinking about templating rip apart so that it was four different abilities rather than just (laughs) burn something for three or um disenchant Mm -hmm. that that would have been awesome but it's still pretty good here like killing something and disenchanting Mm -hmm. i've been really Um, into rip through or rip apart um like that card's actually been like really good for me. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, and I I'm super down for a lot of these. Yeah, it is I thought the the flash was a nice touch like a, this a deck like this is going to be operating largely at instant speed cuz some of the charms are instants. Yeah. So it's like pretty low opportunity cost to just hold your mana up and if nobody does anything worth like countering or interacting with, you can get your footwick down. Uh at relatively low cost to you so that's a nice little um addition there but i I think we can move on to the next commander if you're ready yes i think it is a good time next one is from russell and i think this was through our discord i'm looking at it now this is uh rabda the enduring they are a three three orc soldier for black green white and um to give a little spiel that Russell had was basically they were looking at um at mechanics like we asked that weren't uh super supported and uh he thought that Outlast could really use a bump and so this is Russell's Outlast commander. So first thing they have Outlast hybrid green white. So pay a green or a white and tap this on your turn at sorcery speed to put a counter on it, a plus one plus one counter on it. Whenever you activate the Outlast ability of a creature you control, put an additional plus one plus one counter on Rabda the Endearing and a Death Touch, Lifelink, Persist, or Trample counter on that creature. 
And then they have remove two plus one plus one counters from Rabda. Untap target creature you control. So as Rabda gets bigger, you can like outlast more times in a turn. So I actually think this is a pretty close to perfect execution with one one my one criticism is the persist token which is something that um or the persist counter which is something that russell himself like mentioned in our discord like not sure if that works right i think like if you just had this give your outlast creatures persist <laughs> that would not be that bad you know like outlast for the hybrid green white whenever you outlast another creature you put a counter on this creature you can remove the two counters to untap a creature, and then your outlast creatures had persist, or like other outlast creatures had persist. That solves yeah. a lot of the problems because a lot of the outlast creatures give abilities, like mm-hmm. and specifically the ones that are listed on this, like Rabda, their self, like the orcs self, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good point. Like when I saw this list of abilities, I was, you know, I was just like, okay, death touch, like, persist. Yeah, <laughs> like like it's so much more powerful than the other uh, abilities being listed there. That like, why not just make that the headline and remove some of the wordiness from the card? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you gave like, let's say it just gave um, outlast creatures persist, um, like yeah, the, all of a sudden you get access to powerhouses like Abzan Battle Priest. <laughs> <laughs> which is creatures you control with the one one counter on them have lifelink for four mana <laughs> and mm-hmm. it has outlast white um there's like the falconer which is pretty similar to the three mana two three um human soldier that gives your creatures with plus one plus one counters on it flying um there's a green one that gives trample the tusk guard captain so a lot of these or there's a black one that gives death touch uh so most of these like outlast creatures and and to be fair there's not many of them there are um one two three four five six seven eight nine ten that naturally have outlast and then there is a card from modern horizons 2 the arcus acolyte which gives just creatures you control outlast as long as they don't have a plus one plus one counter on them mm-hmm. um but that that's still very good with this commander because if they persist you can pay one to put the counter on it, eat the counter, and they still have Outlast. So, yeah, um, not a lot of creatures here for this thing. I think like juicing them and giving them persist wouldn't be that heinous. That that is a good point, though. That there are so few of them. Like when you're designing for commanders like this, you have to, or, or like designing for abilities like this, you really do have to do that gather, search, and see. Like, okay if I played literally every outlast creature I could, you know, with 11 creatures, what are the odds you see one in mm-hmm. a game of commander? You know, you like maybe you're drawing one to two per game. Yeah. So I think like the way that the incentives work on this design is it's like, I'm probably going to just try to search out Arcus Acolyte every game and then give my other creatures outlast which then means they have persist and then run a bunch of value creatures like arcus acolyte my commander a sack outlet and value creatures okay it's like uh we got an engine going you know Mm -hmm. and that's the uh the other thing too is like that one of the outlast creatures here is enduring sliver um so i mean you could put some slivers into your deck and like have some funny sliver package if you wanted like the um 
I can't remember Vindicate Sliver's actual name, but like there, there's some slivers that are pretty good when they have persist, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, so that's something you could do. Like you could actually play a hive stone, like unironically, which would be kind of funny if you were going to go that route to give like all of your creatures slivers and sliver abilities. Um, cause hive stone makes all your creatures slivers. So, um, it's just, I think this is a cool design. Um, I think it could be pushed a little more because Atlas creatures aren't like super crazy, but I do like that. I actually want to, play with them now like the abs and falconer and the battle priest and i think the bondkin i think a lot of these cards have actually been put in the tuscar cabin definitely was in um yeah, it was in the zendikar commander decks so they put a lot of these in the commander decks over the years because they're very safe and it's like oh ha, they work with plus one plus one counters but like i cut I, I would cut them every time, basically, <laughs> you know, like not really worth the um, card space, you know, in a deck a lot of the time. And having a deck where that's true, it sounds great to me. So mm-hmm. um, we have another Russell design we're going to talk about. Do you want me to read it? Actually, do you want to read this one off? Sure. Um, so this next one is Elena Heroes Host. It's one red white for a four five legendary enchantment creature god as long as your devotion to red and white is less than seven elena isn't a creature whenever you cast a spell targeting a creature you control that creature gains whenever you deal combat damage to a player this turn create a treasure token and two and a blue exile target spell targeting a creature you control you may cast that spell without paying its mana cost if you do copy it you may choose new targets for the copy so again, because of that, uh, just be mindful that because it has that text box activation cost of blue mana, it's actually a Jeskai color identity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what do you think about this commander? Um, I So I do actually really like what this is trying to do. I think the templating could change a little bit more to just make it a little bit simpler. The first one, the treasure making ability, I think should just be like whenever this creature deals combat damage. Um, and then the the second one is like I think you could just ca- like copy instead of exile. Well, is there tech with exiling the spell and then copying it? Yeah, the benefit is that you get another proc of your heroic stuff. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Okay, because I was like, but this is you really could also wordy. <laughs> you could also just like um, it is really wordy. I'm wondering, um, maybe if, if the well, gameplay is good enough, it might be worth it. You know. What if it's like the first time you cast a spell targeting a creature you control each turn, you may return that spell to your hand or to its owner's hand? Mm-hmm. It will, and just like so that you get like one extra heroic proc per turn. Oh, per um, creature, basically. Well, I think it's just per once per turn. You could make it like the first. I mean, you could word it that way too. Like the first time you cast a spell. Oh, how would you word that? Yeah, the first time... For each creature you control, the first time you cast a spell targeting that creature, you may return that spell to its owner's hand. Something like that. Yeah, I think so. So It would be something close to that, but someone listening to this could help us out with that too. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, because I do think it's really cool. Like the activated ability, making it a secret Jeskai commander and giving you bonus value, I think is rad. Oh, sorry. I've got another way you could potentially do it. Like, oh yeah. Want to want to just say, if a 
if you casting a spell targeting a creature you control would trigger an ability, that ability triggers an additional time. Just make it like mm-hmm. like a heroic harmonicon. Yeah, I think that's cool. I think heroic um, needs the hell. <laughs> so, um, which is pretty much uh, why I like this. And also, I think kind of the danger of it is that like a lot of the time, like one of the things about heroic creatures and the heroic decks that like might appear in commander is that like the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Sometimes it's better to squeeze a different creature <laughs> and like target a different kind of creature with mm-hmm. spells. Uh, and I think that is probably what will end up happening here with Elena. Um, like it's fun to hit like your heroic creatures, but just like there's so many, the fact that like creatures just in general, like being targeted, like why would I run like a two, two that's going to grow over time versus like, like a, trample vigilance double strike you know or or something like that like why would i try to put in all the effort to get like plus one plus one counters on my heroic creatures or like shock things when i could just uh get a lot of value from some other type of interaction with my creatures um Mm -hmm. and i don't think that's something that necessarily you can fix with a commander about heroic but i think this does a good job for people that want to jam all the heroic creatures into like a list yeah and i will also say like i think i don't know if we like nailed it the way we suggested it but yeah yeah, definitely (laughs) but i think there's a lot of room for um or there's a lot of overlap between like heroic and mutate and I think that it'd be easy to make a commander that rewards both. Yeah. And honestly, you know, the one thing that um that kind of sucks about the heroic and the mutate things is that was actually one of the first places I looked when mutate came out was like, oh, what heroic like spells are there? And a lot of the best ones are human. <laughs> oh cause, no. Because oh. it's uh, a lot of like human focus, like heroes and stuff like that. Um, so there are like some weird ones. There's like centaurs. Each opponent sacrifices a creature is a human assassin. Um, painful, painful. Yeah, Annex and Siamid are humans. Uh, a lot of the rares are humans. The Dawnbringer charioteers. That's a human. Fabled hero is a human. So kind of, kind of blows. But that's rough. Um, yeah, maybe we'll get some more like Merfolk champions if we go to Theris again. You know. Yeah. Uh, so this next one comes to us from Jones Paul. Uh, this is Ananda Ether Optimizer. It is blue, red, green for a 2-3 legendary creature, Vidalcan Artificer. And it has, whenever you pay energy for an activated or trigger ability, you may pay 2. If you do, copy that ability. You may choose new targets for the copy. So what do you think about this energy commander? Um, I think this is trying to hit on one of the things about energy which is like magic is a game built around around like certain resources like mana cards uh like life and energy is introducing this like extra thing into the mix this extra resource that you can accrue and care about but one of the problems was like there's not a lot of overlap between the two of them like yeah i cast my spells to get energy or i do a thing to get energy and then i spend the energy 
Um, but most of the ways that you spend energy are activated abilities. So I think this is a cool way. Like, Tamur is the best colors for energy, I think. Um, I The one thing about this card is that, like, and the hardest part about making an energy commander is, like, this doesn't help you make energy or help you spend energy. It just calls it out in the text box, which I think might be enough but you're not getting that many payoffs in the deck to begin with so um i I can let you kind of get into like what you might want to play or what's going on there yeah i there's honestly only a handful of energy cards that do anything worthwhile in commander because there's just a lot of energy cards that are like you know when this attacks you may pay an energy if you it gets plus one plus one and trample until end of turn or it gets a plus one plus one counter. It's just like those kind of cards do not matter at all in 40 life formats. So if you cut out a lot of the chaff, what you kind of end up with is like Etherworks Marvel, which is four cost artifact. Whenever a permanent you control is put into a graveyard, you can get an energy. And then you can tap it and pay six energy to look at the top six cards of your library. And you can cast a spell from among them without paying its mana cost and put the rest on the bottom in a random order. Um, so that's like taking another spin might be worthwhile. That's probably worth like, you know, the two mana to copy it. Um, like Gonti's ether heart, you can basically, you can pay a bunch of energy and exile it to take an extra turn after this one. Well, getting an, another turn for two mana using your commander that, okay, that seems pretty good. Um, Beyond that, it just gets like really, really thin. And I think that a, an energy commander is also going to need a way to spend energy that matters in commander. Yeah, I, I just don't know if this does enough to uh, let like, I don't I don't know if this does enough to really make energy worthwhile in commander. Yeah, I think if this card existed in conjunction with a bunch of other cards that energy needs printing, it would be very good. But that's really the problem with energy is like they need to print more <laughs> cards mm -hmm. that like utilize energy better. And I know they're afraid of doing that because standard went off the rails hard when they did it the first time. I think they have more perspective now and like in the world we live in where we're getting commander decks tied to the set, we might be able to get some energy cards that like are at an appropriate power level for commander if they were to do that. But um, yeah, yeah, I think, I think this is only solving part of the problem and I, I don't think one energy commander is going to be able to solve it. So I think this is a good attempt, but yeah, it doesn't, doesn't make me want to go out and like just build an energy deck out of nowhere, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and with that, we have one more card we're going to talk about today. All right. Uh, this comes to us from Addison. This is Barghest of Barrow Cairn. It is two black black for a 4-4 legendary creature spirit dog. Whenever a creature an opponent controls dies, that creature's controller loses X life, where X is the number of times that player has threshold. Um, so threshold meaning seven cards in graveyard. And then Barghest has threshold. Whenever Barghest of Barakaran attacks, the defending player discards a card, mills a card, and sacrifices a permanent. So I think this is 
interesting. I think one thing that you'd want to be careful about is threshold is something that can change and like multiples of thresholds can also change. Like if your mm -hmm. opponents have recursion or like the fact that it is triggering when a creature dies, um, like they're going to have to count, recount their graveyard every time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think that's kind of like a feature of the card and not a bug. Honestly, like um, I think what this card is trying to do is like create this game state where everyone is kind of like panicking over like when their creatures die and stuff like that. And I think like it's re really what it's trying to do is utilize threshold in a way that it hasn't been before. Um, and this is another card that like I could see like a modern horizons coming out and doing something like this with threshold with threshold uh, also. So I, yeah, maybe there's like a, um, a different kind of trigger that would work better uh, for the like triggering the life loss or something like that. But I would have to play with this to see how annoying it is. I think if you're playing with a bunch of new players, like as someone who's been playing like with the graveyard for so long and like plays like dredge and modern and stuff like you just come up with shorthands for like counting or like using counters or, like put a die over here like how many creatures are here or whatever um, but i think newer players don't necessarily have those tools or experience to like shorthand a lot of that stuff and in that case that's when it gets really confusing um so maybe i'm just used to counting <laughs> my graveyard <laughs> really fast maybe that's why i like this card so much i i would just want to like like i feel like this almost forces your opponents to like have their graveyard stacked in like piles of seven, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, it would be n nice perhaps to limit the amount of times it triggers. Like maybe this maybe be like a once per turn thing. Like at the beginning of each opponent's upkeep, they lose X life where X is the number of times that player has threshold just so they can like worry about it once a turn and then forget about it as opposed mm -hmm. to, Oh, I need to keep going back to this thing and counting mm -hmm. yeah yeah maybe um i do think it's cool design i think it's a cool way to look at this um threshold is one of the mechanics that they they've kind of named this whole genre of mechanic after threshold where like it's kind of just a binary yes or no system so i think it's cool to see something actually like take it and look at it a little bit more granularly like well how many threshold <laughs> how many do you have instead of just like if threshold yes um so yeah i think this is cool and i do want to say thank you to everyone who submitted designs we got some more designs that i don't think we're gonna be able to talk about and we're gonna do more of these this year uh we like doing them and we've really liked that you all have enjoyed them too um and we like when we get to hear from all of you and see what all of you think about like where magic could go what things would be cool that kind of stuff yes yeah, so thank you all to everyone who submitted um there will be more opportunities in the future if uh we didn't have time to get to yours today so yeah just keep an eye out for when we uh post requesting more custom commanders because we we definitely like doing those and probably do another one this year maybe one or two mm -hmm. yeah hopefully um 
especially if you guys keep wanting to do them because we can't we literally can't do them unless y'all you all want to yeah. do them <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah uh definitely they're super fun it's really cool to see like where we could go and i think uh a big part of these episodes is just looking at like how much design space there is because there's so much in the world that like they could do and where they decide to land is uh is not always in line with what we would like as commander players you know Mm -hmm. so um yeah thank you for participating and thank you for listening yep uh with that i want to give a brief thank you to our patreon patrons they are Gustav, Ryan, Addison, Rick, Raphael, Kyle, Laser, Charlotte, The White Glaze, Hannah, Andy, James, Logan, Roger, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jamie, Matthew, Kyle, Brandon, Kevin, Jeremy, Russell, Dylan, John, Micah, Troy, Roxanne, Charles, Daniel, Andrew, Jason, Paul, Johan, Jonathan, Christian, Jim, Emmanuel, Andrea, Vasilios, Logan, Brutal, Brutal, Carl Oscar, Gremlin, and Danny B. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory thanks for listening you can reach out to me on twitter i'm at commander theory and on twitter i am at fat bartleby you can also email us at commander theory at gmail.com our theme song is lincoln continental by nick cage you can check him out on soundcloud and if you're interested in some other creative products I'm working on, I have a band you can check out. We are a pink punk, pop punk band called The Have Nots, all one word like Cosmonauts. Uh, you can listen to all of our music for free right now. You can just head over to thehavenots.bandcamp.com. That is T-H-E-H-A-V-N-A-U-T-S.bandcamp.com. And check us out. Let me know what you think.